Welcome in to News and Views with Tom Lamprecht. The stories you've heard and the ones you need to hear. If you guys keep sending that garbage out, yeah, $450,000 per person. It's not true. So this is a garbage report. Yeah, that's not going to happen. Really big flip-flop. You said last week getting payments was garbage. No, I didn't uh, say that. The other bill they're trying to pass. My Build Back Better Act. Socialism. Your life, your values, your voice. This is News and Views with Tom Lamprecht on Talk 96.3 and 103.7. All right. Welcome in. News and Views with Tom and Benny and Clark and you and uh, lots to talk about. You know, we've all been around a uh, great-grandfather or great-grandmother, and uh, eh, they sometimes don't have total control. You know, sometimes they say things that they shouldn't say, and sometimes they lose control of bodily functions. I'm old, and I honestly don't That was me, folks. <laughs> you, you remember the movie The Nutty Professor? I remember the movie, yeah. When the, yeah. When the clumps, his family yeah. was sitting around the yeah, table yeah, and yeah, 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 uh, yeah. trading. Uh, Ripping big ones. Yeah. Um, Breaking Biden, wind. Apparent, I mean, this is, this is being <laughs> reported in multiple news outlets. These aren't right-wing fringe groups. Uh, numerous outlets are reporting. <laughs> and, and by the way, you got to redo the clip there because apparently it was long and loud. Joe Biden... that's probably longer than that i i I know this is really getting to be junior high stuff i know but listen look at the white house i mean (laughs) this is this is being the new york post is reporting president joe let out a long long loud as like we like to say in front of the grandkids poot (laughs) trying to keep it pg here um and he he did this in front of kamala Parker Bowles, the Duchess of Cornwall, the gal that's married to uh, Prince Charles. And apparently she has not been able to stop talking <laughs> about the long, loud poot. Yeah. How dare you, Joe? Yeah, and what's interesting about this, though, is Joe is against emissions, right? <laughs> yeah, he's, he's packing a pretty big carbon footprint. I mean... I mean, they want to get rid of the cattle, right? Because yeah. of the, they cause cow poops. Yeah. yeah. Well. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, Biden met the Duchess during a reception uh, last Monday at an art gallery attended by Prince Charles and the Duke and Duchess of Cambridge, the Prime Minister Boris Johnson, and uh, the talk of the town was the uh, flatulence from the President of the United States. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I, true story, folks. I know we sound like we're in junior high, but um, I think it's a little can't mi- make it up. <laughs> I, I think it's a little misdirection he's doing to keep us off the policy, <laughs> the policy and the moves. You know, that's true. Well, it, it is. It is true that when Obama was in there, he would constantly come out with just r- ridiculous statements and findings and declarations and executive orders <laughs> and the next day he would come out with one more ridiculous so you'd forget about the one that happened the day before well with joe it's you know crapping his pants one day <laughs> and the next day booting in front of the chest <laughs> look they, they probably discussed with him uh, you know a plan and so that's a little complicated but i i got something i got i can handle this and i'll just break wind <laughs> 
I'll break wind, and that'll be the story. Twenty-four hour news cycle. Oh, all right. All right. That, I, I, well, I, I would like to say I promise you we won't come back to that story, but I don't know. Um, listen, the infrastructure package. I, I am so irritated. I am so mad. How dare these rhino Republicans? Look, it would not have passed the House and it wouldn't have gotten to the Senate had it not been for 13 Republicans in the House voting with Nancy Pelosi that passed this infrastructure package. It Mm -hmm. would have failed. These 13 allowed it to pass. Uh, And again, it's another case of Republicans I mean, they had a victory. They they actually yes. they had a defeat. Uh, Pelosi was going to be defeated. Biden was going to defeat it, and Republicans bailed them out. I, I, I mean, it's just it is so frustrating. And then it gets to the Senate, and guess who voted for it? I have tried my best not to slam Tom Tillis, but Tillis and Burr both voted for this thing. Like, well, I would have passed anyway, so I might as well have voted for it. I am sorry. This this is beyond the pale. I have done my best to try and give Tom Tillis the benefit of the doubt. This this is beyond the pale. I, I This is just unbelievable. And from what I've seen, they've kind of broken this infrastructure up where, you know, some of the things— They'll they'll have another bill, and they'll have some of the true infrastructure in that bill. They had some infrastructure in this bill. So then, then they'll have the talking points. Okay, you've got Republicans that don't want to vote for better streets, better bridges. They split the things. I know what they're Listen, doing. Listen, all you've got to do is come out and read the bill. Just, yep. just the, 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 the talking points from the RSC. It's I mean, not a true infrastructure bill. $110 billion, What is it? $1.75 so about a tenth of it, and this is what um, we talked about with Greg Murphy on Friday afternoon, about $110 billion, 10% actually goes for infrastructure. And this is an analysis done by Club for Growth. Uh, it does give plenty of money to AOC and her new Green Deal. It fixes racism in highways. Part of the $110 billion earmarked for rebuilding roads and bridges is dedicated to fixing racism physically built into some of our highways. This according to Pete Buttigieg. So what they're going to do, and, and what, 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 are they, what are you talking about? They're coming out and saying, oh, well, this highway goes through a section of town that is primarily um, occupied by the black community. So therefore, we have got to move this highway, uh, rebuild the highway, spend millions and millions of dollars to bypass these neighborhoods where the highway is already there. And in some cases, the highway's been there for decades. And, and you're putting a guy responsible for this that couldn't fix potholes in a town yes. the size of Greenville, Thank basically. you. Thank you. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Uh, the money gives woke regulators oversight on broadband expansion, favors people who live in blue cities. Electric vehicle owners who overwhelmingly live in blue cities will get $15 billion dollars. Pushes the left social justice mission. The term equity is included 64 times in this bill. Um, too long to comprehend. 2,701 pages. Um, nobody. These guys didn't read this bill. <clears throat> no. Mm-hmm. Uh, this and and by the way, what is it going to actually cost? 
it's going to cost a whole lot more. And, and Greg Murphy mentioned this the other day. It's, it's probably going to cost three or four times more than the projected $1.75 trillion. Well, the, the CBO has not scored it yet, have they? No, I don't think so. Yeah. So my question with any Republican that voted for it, what are you basing it on? Do you yeah. believe in the Democrats, what they tell you it's going to cost if the CBO have not scored it? I, I, I'm sorry. You know, and, and on the— on the Republican side uh, in the Senate, those who voted for it, Roy Blunt, Richard Burr, Shelley Moore Capito from West Virginia, Bill Cassidy from Louisiana, Susan Collins, no surprise there, Kevin Kramer from North Dakota, Mike uh, Crapo from Idaho, uh, Deb Fisher from Nebraska, Lindsey Graham from South Carolina, Chuck Grassley from Iowa, jo- John uh, Hoven from North Dakota, Mitch McConnell Lisa Murkowski from Alaska, Rob Portman from Ohio, James Risch from Idaho, Mitt Romney, Dan Sullivan, Tom Tillis, Roger Wicker from Mississippi. And by the way, Donald Trump is uh, livid, called out the rhinos in the House and the Senate who voted for the bill. He specifically called out Senate Minority Leader Mitch McConnell. Uh, quote, all Republicans who voted for Democrat longevity should be ashamed of themselves, in particular Mitch McConnell, for gaining a two-month stay, which allowed Democrats time to work things out at our country, uh, at our country's and the Republicans' party expense. You know, I mean, you, you look at this and you say to yourself, last week, the Democrats got shellacked. They got shellacked. There's no, there's, and mm-hmm. they, they admit it. Even the Democrats admit it. And so... Joe comes out and Ocasio-Cortez comes out and says, well, it's because we weren't liberal enough. If we'd only passed these things and even been more liberal, then we would have won those races. And what do the Republicans do? I mean, I'm not necessarily saying you got to dance on the graves, but this is bad legislation. This legislation stinks. Snatch a defeat out of the jaws yes. of victory. Always. I'm sorry, but could we please have someone that would come out and now and announce that they're running against Tom Tillis? Hmm. I, I've had it with Tillis. I've had it with Tillis. I know a lot of our listeners get get on my case because I, I've 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 tried to be polite to the senator, but I have just, I've had it. I, I don't care what explanation you get. I have had it with Tillis. Yeah, and, and they had you know you're talking two states last week that are clearly blue states. <laughs> And they, oh, yeah. and oh yeah, and who knows? Maybe the maybe the New Jersey race really isn't over yet. But it was it was what fifteen points better than what Scared it should have been. Garbage out of them. By um, the way, uh, Trump tonight is a headliner at a fundraiser for House Republicans. Um, I mean, this is a big time fundraiser. Tickets start at five grand. They go up to two hundred fifty five thousand dollars for a VIP package. But um, this is uh, it's a big event in Tampa. Kevin McCarthy is going to be down there. Steve Scalise is going to be down there. Elise Stefanik uh, is going to be there. And this is all about taking back the House next year. And listen, uh, by the way, Adam Kinzinger, he voted for the uh, for the package along with uh, in the in that 19 senators and 13 uh, Republican House members voted voted for this. And um, a bunch of those House members, and by the way, the guy that just flipped parties from New Jersey that came over to the Republican Party, mm-hmm. yeah, he voted for it as well. A bunch of them from up in New York. I, I it just, it just, I, I, I'm, I'm speechless that these people. We had a victory, and these elected officials, and and how how I mean, I really would like to peel back the layers of the onion and find out how much personal goodies there are in this right. packages yeah and, and i'm yeah i've heard tom tillis not i hadn't heard him since this vote but the last vote 
He, you know, basically say saying that uh, you know the Republicans, you know, they, they, I mean, they were backs up against a wall. This was the only thing to prevent a worse bill. But we've gone what six months? They've been working on this and no yeah. consensus. Yeah. I mean, you had them on the ropes. Knock them out. Yes. Yes. I, yes. I don't. I don't get it. Yeah. I mean, pl- play the long game. I mean, mm-hmm. I mean, the idea is okay. Let's knock down the re- let's knock down the Democrats. We'll we'll go as best we can until November of next year. We'll get the House, we'll get the Senate, and then we can really put forth the bills that we want. But no, no, you just gave it to them. You, you wait. The the more Green New Deal stuff, more social engineering, social justice, socialism bill will come back up. They'll sprinkle more infrastructure in there so they can you know scare the Republicans into saying, I cannot believe you're voting. For kids in small town America not to have internet access, oh yeah, and things such oh, as yeah. that, oh yeah, just to oh, yeah. fill it with a bunch of crap. Thank you. I mean, that's yep. I, I can see it coming. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Looks like we'd have a senator that represents North Carolina could see it coming. I mean, our, our North Carolina. I would like to think the Republicans in North Carolina are conservative. I would like to think that, but we have two senators up there that why don't you just go ahead and join the Democrats. I mean, you're going to vote with them? Go ahead and join the party. Well, Burr's just trying to get out of Washington without going to jail. That's all he's doing. Yeah. <laughs> he's too worried about yeah. his little insider trading uh, uh, investigations, what I think. By the way, speaking of the House and the Senate, the uh, Carolina Journal's got an interesting article today. Former North Carolina Congressman Mark Walker, he is one of the Republican candidates to run uh, for the Burr Senate seat. Mark Walker, Ted Budd, and Pat McCrory are all running for the Republican uh, vote for uh, in, the, in the primary for that seat. Mark Walker, now it doesn't come out with anything definitive, but in this article, Mark Walker has acknowledged that a lot of people are encouraging him, and some higher-ups are encouraging him, <laughs> hey, why don't you run for the House seat that Ted Budd is uh, going to be leaving you fill into that, and then it will be a Ted Budd, Pat McCrory race, which if it'd be interesting to be a fly on the wall at the Pat McCrory headquarters. <laughs> yeah, I wonder if it's is it some people from Pat McCrory's campaign <laughs> that's calling him? Well, no, hey, Walker, Pat, Pat McCrory doesn't want uh, Mark Walker to jo- drop out. Now, Ted Budd's folks might be yeah, calling Ted him. Yeah, Ted Budd's, yeah. Uh, I think you'd make a fine U.S. House member. Yeah. <laughs> And but here's the point. I, I and I, you know, when I had Mark, I've had Mark Walker and Ted Budd both on, and I asked Walker, and this is going back several months ago, but I said, without, you know, I'd want to insult the man, but I, I sort of inferred, okay, you know, y'all are going to split the vote. If 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 you if you look at the conservative side of the Republican Party, because I would say of the three candidates, by far, Mark Walker and Ted Budd are more conservative. As the, as the conservative vote goes in the Republican Party, it's going to go to one of those two candidates. Mm-hmm. And uh, I would think that—and um, Mark Walker just said, no, nah, you know, I think we can win this. Which I understand that's what you're supposed to say. But listen, if, if this—I I would say right now I'd probably, with Mark Walker in there, I'd have to give the nod to Pat McCrory as having probably at the end of the day getting more of the votes. But if— Mark Walker were to get out of this and run for the House seat, it, it, I'd say it's too close to call, and maybe maybe give uh, just a little bit of a of a upper hand to a Ted Budd. 
Well, he certainly has the Donald Trump endorsement. And, you know, for people that want to say, Republicans want to say that, well, I don't I don't know if the Donald Trump endorsement's worth all that much. Well, he won North Carolina. Yeah. And Roy Cooper won North Carolina. So yeah. it sounds like D- Donald Trump um, has some influence. Has for some sure. influence yeah. in North Carolina. Lots more to talk about. Love to hear from you. 561-8255. We'll be right back. This is your Drive at Five, an ENC with Tom Lamprecht. Welcome back to News and Views on Talk 96.3 and 103.7. It was five years ago today that Donald Trump upset the Hildebeest, becoming the 45th president. Mm. And yes. people... Liberals and uh, mainstream media lost all their over, minds. Yeah, lost their minds. That was so funny that night. Just out. like I promised, right? Yeah, <laughs> it was. Um, taking a look at your weather forecast tonight, clear low around forty-two. The next few days are going to be gorgeous, though. Uh, tomorrow's high with lots of sunshine, seventy-three. Wednesday mostly sunny, high near seventy-four. Lows overnight, clear skies, and it will be in the mid forties. So uh, good-looking weather for the next couple of days. No rain until Friday. It's supposed to rain late. Uh, by the way, kudos to our colleague and friend Patrick Johnson. He is going to be this year's voice for the ECU Pirates basketball team, men's basketball team, starting tomorrow night. They host South Carolina State. He will do the play-by-play for ESPN. And uh, that's that's a that's that is a, a huge gig. Yeah. That is a big gig. Yeah. So it's uh, starting out with ESPN Plus, but uh, he'll he'll be doing, I think it's just about all the home games for ESPN. That's Plus. probably what fourteen or fifteen maybe home games. So, yeah, I'm guessing something like that. Twelve yeah. to fifteen so, starts tomorrow night, seven o'clock at uh, Menji's Coliseum. Marty Cotus, you talked about him last week. I can't remember <laughs> if we had this discussion on the air or off the air. That's the problem for folks that are listening. Benny and I have so much conversation going on during the breaks and after the program before the program a lot of times i can't remember what we talk about on the air off the air you know and our off-air comments is available for premium membership to listen. <laughs> no, <I'm kidding>. <laughs> <laughs> no i think i actually think we talked about it off air yeah. marty Cotus though is a uh, on the board of governors for the unc university system and uh so he's on the University of North Carolina Chapel. I'm sorry. I guess is it the whole board? I guess it's just Chapel Hill. He was on the board of governors. Okay, and, and then, now it's just uh, on the board of trustees for the Chapel, Chapel Hill. Hill. Right. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I got it. I, I got that right, but uh, the the uh, the dates were off a little bit. Anyway, last Thursday he offered a motion that would have prohibited the university, UNC Chapel Hill, from making admission decisions on the basis of race sex, color, or, or ethnicity. The proposed policy change reads similar to existing policies enacted by other universities in other states. Quote, what I really wanted was some public discussion on the matter, Cotus told the Carolina Journal. One of the things I've heard from parents is sometimes a feeling that their kid applied and didn't get in, and someone else who they felt was less qualified did. I wanted to clean the air on that concept and ensure we're not allowing people into the school for any other reason than academic merit, that we're not trying to socially engineer the school for appearances' sake. Coda said the university should aim for equality, help opportunity, and admission, and not try to meet quotas based on race or sex. Thank you. Thank you, Marty. I mean, is this not great common sense? 
Is this not a slam dunk? Shouldn't everybody of every background say amen, Marty? I thought that's what we're trying to get to. You know. Yeah. But, Colorblind society? But, well, yeah, but, you know, in today's world, uh, the left is anti-meritocracy. Yes, <laughs> basically. absolutely. I mean, they are. And the board ultimately voted down the motion with CODIS and Ali Ray McCullen as the only yes votes. One of the no votes at the meeting came from Lamar Richard Richards, who also serves as undergraduate student body president at UNC Chapel Hill. Quote, this resolution is honestly disrespectful. That's the only way I can sum it up, said Richards, who wrote a column in the June, uh, in June, rather, encouraging anyone from a historically marginalized identity seeking to attend Chapel Hill to look elsewhere until a rebirth occurs at the school. Uh, this, this is a pattern that you're seeing over and over and over again. The idea of what Martin Luther King said, judge people by the content of the character, not by the color of their skin, is gone. And, and the woke crowd is all about it. And my question for Lamar Richards, which is the uh, student body president at Chapel Hill, is uh, he says that's the only way I can sum it up. Um, okay, well, let's, let's, let's dive into the details. You say that's the only way I can sum it up. Um, this resolution is disrespectful. How so, Mr. Richards? Yeah. How is it disrespectful to say that we will not consider you know, race, creed, sexual orientation, or anything, and, and admissions, advancements, hiring, uh, or anything? Said, what's wrong with that? By the way, along with that, a st- this, the Free Beacon is reporting a study out from the Educational Freedom Institute's um, and uh, that's run by a guy named James D. Paul and the University of Arkansas's Robert Minerto. They've done a study, and according to the American Enterprise Institute, this study has found that approximately 20% of the hires that go on at our universities across the country, primarily public universities they're talking about, 20% of them, when you apply— you have got to submit a statement on diversity, equity, and inclusion, a DEI statement. Now, listen, I, and, and I, I, I promise you that if your statement just said, I will treat everyone with the utmost respect and I will not consider the color of their skin uh, or their sex, or their religious background, I will be fair to all people. That is not good enough. That no. would not mm-hmm. make the mark. You would not get hired based on that. You would have to come out with a statement that is totally woke, Yep. that you're going to give transgenders and homosexuals and people of color would obviously be first in line, and white males are, are not even to be considered. And, I, and I, I'm dead serious with this, but diversity, equity, and inclusion, you, you, you want to send your kids to a, a state-sponsored university. I'm not saying don't do it, but I'm saying this is what they're going to get, <clears throat> that at least 20% of the hires have got to embrace the woke agenda. And what was really interesting about this is they thought that the STEM courses, the science the technology courses, the mathematic courses, they thought that, and the engineering courses, they thought those courses would be exempt. 
that it would just be, you know, the liberal arts courses, you know, the African study courses, the women gender study courses, you know. Sociology. Sociology. Psychology. Yeah, all that stuff. <clears throat> they would be the ones. He said, nope, no difference. The STEM course is just as bad as the other courses. You know, and I mean, this kind of falls in line with the whole critical race theory discussion and all that. But to, to your point, I mean, if you made that, st- you'd have to make a statement. If it didn't talk about acknowledging the systemic racism somewhere in your statement, if you said, you know, acknowledging systemic racism, then there's no way there's no way you'd be considered for that position. No, not in today's. And I got in a discussion this weekend with uh, a liberal friend of mine, and they're more than just liberal. They're actually, I mean, they're a nice person. They're just um, communist. They're, no, they're just, <laughs> no, they're actually they just choose to be. Ignorant. I mean, ignorance is a choice. I mean, it is. It is. I mean, it's nothing. That's just a choice you make. A city I mean, used to say it's a mental disease. But when when someone tells me, and you you've heard it for the last month with you know the whole Mark Robinson talking about critical race theory yeah. and yeah. the Democrats saying it does exist, that's a lie. I have in my hands, and I'll be sh- happy to share it with anyone who want to see it. A letter from the dean of the School of Education at a major state-supported university in North Carolina that talks all about critical race theory. So if she's the head of the uh, the dean of the, the education department, then that's who's teaching our teachers. Yep, yep, yep. And, I, you know, I, 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 I'm sure that there are students in there, some lap it up, others sit there and bite their tongue saying i've got to get through this course i'll go ahead and bite my tongue if they don't bite their tongue they'll flunk out yeah if they, <laughs> if they speak up you're right uh by the way so it's not just it's it's an academia obviously uh it's also in the corporate world big time fox business is reporting one of the world's largest investment firms now if you're at the firm if you want to hire a white man, you've got to get special permission. This is unbelievable. Mm-hmm. Leaders at one of the largest investment firms in the world, State Street Global Advisors, will need to ask permission to hire white men as it rolls out a diversity hiring initiative. This is now front and central for State Street. It's on every senior executive scorecard, said Jesse McNichols, the bank's head of inclusion, diversity, and corporate citizenship in London, according to the Sunday Times. All of our leaders need to demonstrate at their annual appraisals what they've done to improve female representation and the number of colleagues from ethnic minority backgrounds. You know, people that hold this position that this guy has, you know, that I'm the head of inclusion, diversity, and corporate citizenship, that, that person is just dead weight. <laughs> that person is just dead weight who has never met a payroll in their life, has, has no... no Real goals to make the company any stronger. It's all just about wokeness. Cor- the whole thing is just about keeping the woke crowd happy. Well, I can tell you, big time corporate America and institutional America. Oh, they're all about this. Including universities, including universities in North Carolina, spend a boatload of money on that nonsense. Yeah. The company aims to triple the number of black Asians and minority staff in senior positions by 2023. Uh, Recruiters will now have to establish panels of four or five employees, including women and a person with a minority background when hiring middle management staff. So so basically what they're saying is, okay, you want to hire this white guy? We have to go out and hire a a woman and a minority. So it all equals out. Um, now, Now, stop and think about this, though. If this was in reverse, if this company came out and said, look, you have to. 
have special permission to hire, and then you fill in the blank. Anybody other than a white male, if you had in there, you have to give special permission to hire blacks, to hire gays, to hire women, to hire transgenders, whatever, to hire a Muslim, whatever. If you had to get special permission for anybody else other than a white male, this would, this person in charge of diversity would be canned tomorrow. And by the way, where is it on the application in the United States anyway? Maybe over in London you can do this, but I've owned my own business. And when you have an application, you're not allowed to ask how old you are, what color is your skin, what gender are you? It's illegal. And and in my 32 years, you've a little bit longer, (laughs) a few years longer, 32 years of being in corporate America with a large company and then with myself. I, I can tell you my experience is is it, a couple of things. Attitude and effort is is about all that matters yeah. on determining if somebody's going to be a successful person, yeah. and, and that's that's all all that matters. You know, male, female, um, or whatever, black, white, Hispanic, uh, what that that doesn't matter. And for for this wokeness of the day to keep doing this to me it's a slap in the face telling someone else telling a female t- telling a, a black yeah, person yeah, or an asian yeah. person hey we've got to give you special privileges because you can't make it on your own yes that's bull crap and i would be offended if i were yeah them. well isn't that racist i think so hey we got to uh, take another time out we get back uh new polls are out and joe keeps going in the same direction and it ain't up stay with us come on To news and views. Talk 96.3 and 1037. Speaking of woke, the U.S. Navy, they're woke. They have named one of their newest Navy ships after child sexual predator Harvey Milk. And it was christened by a transgender veteran. I, I, I'm not making this up. Over the weekend, the ship named for, named for Harvey Milk was launched and christened by a transgender veteran in San Diego Bay on Saturday. Uh, Harvey Milk served in the Navy during World War or during the Korean War. He was a politician elected the San Francisco Board of Supervisors and first openly gay elected official in the history of California. He was assassinated, but wasn't it, I, I'm I'm pulling from memory here, but what wasn't it some gay lovers dispute or something? I don't know. There were, I, you know, I remember there was a movie about him a few years ago, um, but I, did, I didn't. I but honestly it, didn't know much about him until um, you know read some articles about the movie. I, I remember when it. it happened, but uh, showing my age there. But uh, Harvey Milk um, reportedly assaulted a 16-year-old boy, and this is who the Navy is naming a ship after. Yeah, that's great. Thank you. The woke crowd is, I mean, y- you know you're in trouble when wokeism is permeating the Navy. So although all this is being noticed by Americans with exactly one year until midterm elections, Biden and Harris and the Democrats in Congress face bleak ratings that indicate they would be in for a rout in 2022. I don't want to sound cocky because there's, 
A year in politics is a long, long time. But this is uh, not done by a conservative group. This is a USA Today Suffolk University poll. The survey, which was taken after last week's election, but before the Democrats passed their infrastructure bill, shows Biden with nearly rock-bottom approval ratings. And by the way, I, I don't think—now, I know this is what Joe said, oh, we got to pass this bill somewhere, you know. I, I don't think passing these bills, when people find out what's in them, as I explained it early in the program, it's, it's not going to help Joe or uh, Harris at all. Uh, Harris's numbers are even worse than uh, Joe's. Among the top-line numbers, according to USA Today, Suffolk University— 37.8% approval rating for Biden with a 59% disapproval, 21 points underwater. 46% of those included in the survey said Biden has done a worse job than expected. I know, and they'll see, I would actually n- not be in that category. <laughs> yeah. to, to me, Joe's right on schedule. <clears throat> I hadn't been fooled at all. Yeah. <laughs> I, mean, I, mean, I mean, a shame on you people that voted for him and actually think that he would do a good job. Six, I, I, and I really don't think any. I, I can't possibly think anyone really thought he would do a good no, job. I mean, no. <laughs> I mean, just tell me one thing that happened in the Democrat primary and in the and the uh, race with Donald Trump that makes you think he'd be a good president. Yeah. That, the one thing I would say about him was that Donald Trump in the first debate allowed him to survive. I, I mean, I still say that. Yeah. For people that love Donald Trump and think I'm being a critical of Trump, I'm being critical of Trump on that. Trump should have just shut up and let him yeah. stick his foot in his mouth Yeah, because yeah. he would have done it. 64% said they don't want Biden to run for re-election. I don't think you have to worry about that. It, uh, you know, and, and probably 65% don't think he's going to be alive by the time the next election comes up. Harris is just 27.8 approval rating, 51.2 disapproval. That's 23% underwater, 2% more than Joe. Congressional Democrats, meanwhile, may face an uphill battle to preserve their, to preserve their razor-thin majorities. Um, USA Today, Suffolk University gives Republicans a 46% to 38% advantage on a generic congressional ballot. So that's, that, that's it, it, whoever might be running. They're just saying, okay, if, if it's between a Republican and and a Democrat, who would you vote for? 46% to 38%, folks, that is a landslide. That is, yeah. That is, that is a landslide. Did you hear over the weekend, Kevin McCarthy is uh, saying that he thinks it's possible that the Republicans could pick up 60 seats. And again, I don't want to sound cocky. It's a long way away. 60 seats. Well, you know, normally, uh, I mean, it's pretty normal that the, that the party in power in the White House they they lose seats. Right. I mean, that's right. that's yeah, the, that's, that's the norm. Yeah, and, um, and when was the last the only the last time it didn't happen was when George W. Bush was the president, but we just had nine eleven. Right, but I, I think uh, I don't disagree with Kevin McCarthy. I mean, these poll numbers are horrible, um, and you know Harris's numbers are worse than Joe Biden's. Yep. That's why I just I still stand by my people call it conspiracy theorists, but I've said it from day one. He will not make it to the midterms. And I think everyone in Washington and the Democrat Party, including the Biden family, know he's not going to make it. And it's it's been in the plans. I just I just do. There's there's no way these Democrats politically are that stupid to think that Joe Biden can take them to the midterms or take them to the next election. What's amazing to me, though, is what is their thinking? Because even today, 
the White House has come out and said they are seriously considering, and they've, they've vacillated on this just today. No, we are. Yes, we are. We're looking at it. No, we will. Yes, we will. They're talking about shutting down the Line 5 pipeline that goes from Canada into Michigan. <laughs> and so you're basically, that you're already spending, I talked about this last week, 50% more on your gasoline cost. It's going to be 30% more than last year to heat your home with natural gas. It's probably going to be closer to 50% if you're heating with oil. And now Joe wants to shut down this major pipeline. He gives the okay for the Russians and their pipeline. But the pipeline that would heat American homes, he wants to shut this down on top of everything else that he's doing. And at the climate king climate change conference he asked russia and opec to pump a little more yeah oil. saudi arabia and russia yeah, yeah. And, and they said stick it up your <laughs> and that's when he let loose um <laughs> five six one eight two five five is it josh yeah. hey josh welcome hey, in hey josh hey guys glad to talk to you again um i caught the beginning of uh talk of the town this morning and they were talking with homer tire and I, I got to admit, um, I was a little mystified. Uh, I'm glad Homer is making the best of the upswing that the industry's in as far as real estate. But uh, I, I feel like he was very optimistic about the fact that it wasn't a bubble. Um, I work in an industry that comes right alongside and kind of parallels real estate. Um, and to see the trouble that they're having because of scarcity and just uh, the cost of prices in the market and then the cost of building materials, lack of labor, and just and just thinking down the road, you know, okay, when all this stuff gets ready to go back down or hits an artificial wall or the government finally admits, you know, hey, we've been propping this up or artificially, you know, messing with it, and, and everything just kind of drops out from under it, you're going to get people that have been paying – you know, uh, on a $600,000 loan for a house that isn't worth $200,000 and probably aren't going to be able to pay all that same amount later on down the road. What what are we going to do, you know? So I uh, I wanted to get you guys' opinion on that because that's a, that's a domestic issue, but it's also being artificially messed with, I'd say, on a federal scale. Well, it's being artificially, artificially messed with because of the way the Fed has kept interest rates uh, you know, so, so low for so long. Mm-hmm. Supply that, and demand, yeah, pumping money. And, and what, what you're going to find, and look, I'm, I'm not an expert on this, but just from past history, I've lived long enough that I've seen it, what you're going to see is when they are forced to increase interest rates, which they're going to have to do, Otherwise, your inflation is going to be so far out of hand. I mean, inflation right now is the highest it's been in 30 years already this year, and there's no sign of it letting up. And in order to keep inflation at bay, they're going to have to increase interest rates. Well, there's only so much money that a person can afford to purchase a house for. Right now, they're, they're overpaying for the houses because the interest rates are so low. As those interest rates increase you're going to see the cost of the house at least plateau, if not begin to drop. And it's just, it's not only supply and demand, and there is a big demand out there. I don't doubt that. But one of the reasons the demand is so high is because people are seeing these interest rates and they're saying, oh my goodness, this is my opportunity to buy the dream house I've always wanted. 
and they're going in and they're overpaying for the house, but they justify it with the low interest rates. And by the way, if you got a any kind of a balloon interest rate, uh, you know, an arm or one of those things, boy, you you better go and get a straight 15, 25, 30-year loan because I think and, and I, this is not just from me. I've heard a lot of other people that are smarter than I am say this, that you're going to see the interest rates increase. Uh, curtailed with that, what about the local taxes for the new valuation on all these houses and neighborhoods that are going to balloon the property values? I, I don't see local governments or state governments coming off of the, the tax increase that they're going to throw on everybody because of that either. Do you? Well, I'll tell you this. When I got my tax bill this last time, part of it, you got to do your homework. And uh, when I got my tax bill for my residential, now some people love to see their tax bill go up because they think, oh my gosh, my house is worth a lot more than I thought it was. And if the tax value is this, then I can get X number of dollars for this. Well, I don't plan to sell my house anytime soon. When we got our tax bill, I, I wrote a very courteous letter to the guys that review all this stuff. And I said, hey, listen, let me show you some comparisons of houses that have that have uh, sold here in the last 12 months. And I, I didn't come back and say, I don't want any increase, but I said, look, I think an equitable increase amount would be X dollars or X percent. And they wrote back and said, okay, we agree with that. You did your homework. So I mean, a part of it is up to the homeowner. If, if you don't want your tax bill to go up, you, you need to go out and, and do your, do your homework. But in terms of just taking it up across the board, uh, yeah, I, I hope our, our, the good news is local politicians have a tendency to listen a little bit more clearly than the guys up in D.C. do. So if you don't want to see the tax bills go up, then you need to let your elected officials know that. Well, jo- <clears throat> Josh, I was able just to catch just a few seconds of Homer's comments this morning. I had to take a call. But but I do believe, and I heard a little bit of what he said, but I do agree that um, th- this market is nothing like it was in the 2007-ish, 8-ish before the crash. Uh, the number of units is nowhere near what they were then. and But the, the bottom line is there's a lot of money being pumped in the economy. That's going to run prices up. But over time, I've charted it, over time, real estate doesn't outpace inflation very much. It has this ups and downs, so what goes up must come back down to yep. that trend line. <laughs> hey, Josh, we got to take a break. Thanks for the call. Stay with us. Benny and I will be right back. Back to news and views. Talk 96.3 and 103.7. So Barack Obama made his way to Glasgow, Scotland. He spoke at the United Nations Climate Conference. And, uh, of course, he flew there in a private jet. Uh, He then, during his remarks, blamed the Trump administration for the current environmental problems and demanded Americans bear the burden of a transition from fossil fuels to so-called green energy. It's unbelievable. Um, but the president, the former president, currently lives in a 6,800-square-foot 6, energy-guzzling mansion right on the ocean in Martha's Vineyard. He moved there in 2019 despite the claims from climate change alarmists that the sea levels were rising at an alarming Hypocrite. rate. Hypocrite. Hypocrite. <laughs> unbelievable. Hey, we got to run. We'll do it again tomorrow. We'll see you then. Bye-bye, everybody.